Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, a podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. I'm Debbie Siegler, the host of the podcast. This is part two of our conversation with NDT legend Chuck Hellyer. In part one, Chuck spoke with ASNT Director of Publications, Jill Ross, about how he started his career in NDT and became involved in ASNT. In this episode, the two discuss how Chuck became a leader in NDT training and some of his most memorable experiences from his NDT career. I'd like to go back to Bob McMaster for just a minute. Sure. During that time when I had uh, NDT engineering, they had asked, and I'm not too sure, I think it was ASM originally asked me to teach a five-day fundamentals of NDT course in Metals Park, Ohio, which I did, thoroughly enjoyed it. They had some really good sized classes there too. And then uh, because of the interest in uh, ASNT, worked it out so that it was a jointly sponsored one week course. ASNT and ASM uh, jointly sponsored these one week courses. And I believe uh, they ran them two, three times a year. Okay. Some of the courses were in Meadows Park. Mm-hmm. Some were held in Columbus. And uh, when we had uh, these courses in Columbus, I always managed to contact Bob McMaster because he was still teaching. He was still a professor at the time. Mm-hmm. So one of the days during those five-day courses, Bob would come and... Uh, he would be a guest lecturer <laughs> and he was so fascinating and he just mesmerized people. He just, he just turned everybody on. So I was the main instructor. And when Bob got up and get, started talking about NDT, I could have gone home <laughs> because they all loved him. And he was just so remarkable uh, the way he presented uh, I'll never forget the one, I don't mean to divert, but he would always give the illustration of the human body as being one of the most unique, let's say, uh, challenges for NDT. And he talked about, you know, the eyes mm-hmm. and how that related to visual testing mm-hmm. and uh, ultrasound with the ears and uh touching and feeling temperature like it would be with thermal mm-hmm. uh, thermal infrared you know, he would always relate the human body to ndt and just uh, like i said a very captivating audience when he started on that but anyway we whenever he was in the columbus uh i'm sorry whenever i was in the columbus area and he was available, I usually always ended up going to his house for dinner. And I remember distinctly one time 
when I was at his dinner with his wife, Laura, I remember him taking me down to his study. It was in the basement. And Jill, you would not believe all, all that you can see in his, his study was piles of documents and manuscripts that were all related to his editing and, and uh, authoring the first NDT handbook. And that was, uh, you know, before word processing and <clears throat> computers and everything, it was all had to done longhand and uh, he would type all the notes up. Just a remarkable man. He's a person that uh, once you meet him, you never forget him. But anyway, he, he would always be a, a guest speaker whenever we had these courses. And in fact, some of the ASNT employees at the time, whenever we had courses in Columbus, they would come and, and attend. Uh, I think the uh, editor of Materials Evaluation, I think, attended. I can't remember the name. In any event, uh, that brings you up to uh, That's really Bob cool. McMaster, a wonderful man. Yes. Going back a little bit... But when you started your own company and you transitioned from selling products to doing the training, how did you end up going in that direction, do you think? Was it like a natural progression or was there just such a demand for training that you started offering it? Or Well, at the time that I was at Electric Boat, um, I got requested to give a evening course at the... Uh, Oh, it started out as the Norwich State Technical Institute. It's now a full-fledged uh, college, the Thames Valley State Technical College. And so every night for 40 nights during the year, three-semester course in non-destructive testing. And the first semester was an intro to, introduction to NDT, we always had tremendous uh, response. Uh, we had classes that were 80 and 90 strong. So that was strictly a lecture and demonstration course. Mm -hmm. But then NDT 2, not level 2, but it was called the NDT 2 course, was all about ultrasonics. And NDT 3 was all about radiography. Mm. And being involved with the equipment, I was able to bring equipment in to be demonstrated, talk to some of the manufacturers who actually donated some of the equipment. We actually got a small little x-ray cabinet donated to the school. Okay. So that's how I got really uh, turned on to training, I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. So that when uh, and doing it, you know, for ASM and ASNT, I decided that, uh, you know, I'd really like to concentrate on that. And uh, that's what primarily uh, got me involved with training. Really enjoyed it. And uh, I could see the benefits to so many people that went through the courses. A lot of people that are very, still very active today uh, got their start with some of those uh, Thames Valley courses. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, it was uh, something that really uh, sort of turned me on and uh, I just really enjoyed it. 
and it was, it was a lot of fun besides being able to see young young people get really involved with mm-hmm. something that would turn out to be a profession. Yeah. So where was it with Bob? I, I wanted to mention one more thing about Bob McMaster. Uh, not only did I get to be a good friend of his, but we decided, and I don't know who decided, that we would uh, produce a videotape of NDT. And I'll never forget it because he and I traveled out to uh, Phillips Petroleum in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And he and I, uh, because they had a huge uh, video facility there, a studio. And uh, he and I, never forget it, we set it up like uh, Johnny Carson on the Tonight Show. (laughs) Uh, There was like a desk. And then a chair with, uh, you know, for your guests, they put up some plants and everything to make it look nice. And it was set up that I, I was sitting in the, uh, uh, behind the desk where Johnny Carson usually would. And Bob was the, uh, he was the guest. And I'm telling you, it was one of the greatest experiences in my life because it was absolutely no, no preparation at all. We just started talking NDT and we both loved it so much that we, it really turned out to be, and it was videotape. And I think somewhere in the archives, there may be still some uh, copies of that videotape. Uh, if you can find any video player these days, you know, it's so far back, but it was great because Bob and I would talk about NDT. I'd ask questions like Johnny Carson used to. And Bob would just take off, talked about NDT and the human body and just really uh, made it very interesting. And after we talked about the methods for a while, we actually had a lab set up and we actually demonstrated it and it was videotaped that way. So the purpose of doing that, again, was really to turn people on to NDT and uh, make sure that people were familiar with it. It's still, I think, a technology that's uh, underrated. I don't believe yeah. that uh, a lot of people know about NDT. So that was one of the benefits of, of doing it was to spread the word, so to speak. But uh, spending that week with him and doing this video production was an experience I'll never forget because we had breakfast together. We stayed at the uh, Phillips, I think it was a, the Phillips Hotel. It's really great. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. And we uh, you know, just had a, can you imagine one week with Bob McMaster? It was great. It does sound great. <laughs> so we actually, Bob and I uh, teamed and we, while he was still around, we gave some, uh, some talks. We did one at the Oklahoma ASNT section. And the reason why I remember it is because Richard McGuire, who I think is, a, he's passed away, but he was a technical manager at ASNT for mm. a while. And uh, yeah, Bob, again, we, we were, the three of us were giving presentations. So Richard and I primarily talked about the big subject of the day, and that was 
certification, the need for, and then whether it should be a requirement or, mm -hmm. you know, all the things that we still debate. Right. And uh, when Jim and I finished debating about certification, <laughs> I'll never forget Bob stood up and he was giving his presentation after listening to all of the back and forth talk about certification. And the first thing he said was, I can remember when NDT was fun. It used to be fun. Now with all of the dealings with certification and everything, he, he, he was just a practical guy. Mm. So anyway, we, we did talks like that. The, the, the other sort of pioneer I wanted to mention uh, who had a big influence on my life, uh, other than Bob and, and so many others, was Sam Wink. Mm -hmm. Now, Sam Wink uh, was president of ASNT the year after I was. So the two of us came up through the chairs, through the board members. We spent a lot of times, a lot of meetings together. And uh, he was just amazing. When he took over as president, I was chairman of the board at the time. Mm -hmm. He would always publish these reports that had to be reviewed before the board meetings. <laughs> and I'll never forget one report that he put out. He said, uh, he asked everybody when we were in, a, in the board meeting, he said, how many people actually read my report? It was pretty lengthy. And there was quite a few hands that went up. Then he asked a question, how many of you found problems, anything that you didn't like about it? There was only five of us raised our hands. <laughs> and he said, gentlemen, there weren't any ladies on the board at that time. He said, gentlemen, these five gentlemen are the only ones that read it. <laughs> they found a problem. Right in the middle of this report, he put in for no reason at all the words, Aardvark to zebra. <laughs> Why did he put it in there? He wanted to make sure everybody read. Clever man. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, he did. He was he was uh, quite a remarkable man. The highest qualified person on radiography that uh, that I've ever met. Remarkable. He worked at Southwest Research. And I was very honored when he retired to be offered his job. And I almost took it. But instead of that, I started Hellier. Oh, okay. Hellier technical training. Uh, when I got to Southwest um, San Antonio, uh, that is, uh, uh, I was going to be going and looking for real estate. That's how I had accepted the job. And when I got there, we landed in San Antonio airport in the biggest snowstorm I think San Antonio ever had at wow. 12 inches. So that is crazy. everything was snowed in. I said, <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was a message. I thought it was a message from God saying, you better go back and stay in New England where you get used to this snow. <laughs> and that's how I, I ended up deciding to, to start Hellier. As one of those life-changing moments. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. 
Who would have thought a New Englander would have been deterred by a little bit of snow? Yeah, well, 12 inches in San Antonio. <laughs> that wasn't a little bit. It shut everything down. <laughs> and I got the plane out the next morning. In any event, I often look back, and my father used to tell me, once you make a decision, stay with it. But I still remember looking back and saying, supposing I would have taken that job mm -hmm. at uh, Southwest Research, where would I be now? Uh, anyway, don't spend a lot of time on that. Yeah, you have to also listen to your gut. The, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the right thing to do at that time because uh, Hellier went on to be, uh, you know, one of the leading providers of NDT training. Mm -hmm. And at one time we had four training centers, the one in Connecticut where I was based. Mm -hmm. We had the Houston, which I think is still going. We also had one in California uh, in the Anaheim area. And at one time even had a, a small training center in, uh, in Alaska. So oh, we wow. had four training centers at one time. And uh, it was good. We uh, it was hard work, but uh, very enjoyable. We had a lot of students coming through. Remarkable. In any event, uh, this company Hellier was acquired by Acuron Rockwood, I guess it was called, and then Acuron is it was part of uh, Rockwood, and uh, that was in nineteen. 98. And I stayed on as a general manager consultant for a period of time. And uh, until 2010, then I decided that uh, it was time for me to leave. And you probably know Don Locke, he took over. And uh, 2010, <laughs> relatively still young, I wanted to do something. So the past CEO, I believe it was, for, uh, for Acuron, Jim Treat and I, we used to teach management training courses, primarily for Acuron employees, to teach them how to go, how to transition from being a technician or a technical person to management. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a lot of done. We had fun doing that. We had about 400 students or so that went through that. But anyway, Jim Treat and I decided that we didn't want to kick back. Uh, we wanted to do something. So that's when we got the decision. We made the decision to start the Summit Group. And uh, we primarily continued on those management training courses. And uh, I met at one of the NDTMA conferences, a young guy from a studio, uh, Jeremy Furlami, I'll never forget Furlani. Uh, and he asked me if I ever thought about doing NDT training online. And I said, you know, I, I, no, I've never have. I just didn't think that was possible because we had equipment that had to be used. Mm -hmm. We had to have hands-on lab sessions and so on. And he says, well, you want to think about it. The, you know, there's people that want to take training that can't go away for a week and spend the money and so on. This, this way they can get trained at home. So he planted the seed 
and uh, got together with his company, Full Circle Studios, and we formed together, Jim Treat and I, along with the Full Circle Studio folks, we formed NDT Classroom. So that's how NDT Classroom got started back in 2012. And at the beginning, I have to be honest, online training was not warmly received. Mm. They had this, I had the same question that I had, you know, how are we going to do the hands-on training and so on? But right. anyway, that's why we decided to call it the NDT uh, Classroom, because we presented the classroom subjects. Mm-hmm. I remember when we had, when I was involved with Hellier, we'd have lectures in the morning and lab in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we took from the body of knowledge, all the subjects that we could do in a classroom environment. And we started pumping out different NTT courses. The first one that uh, we did as sort of a trial was the, uh, intro to NDT, which I volunteered to do that. And uh, it, it, it took off extremely well at the time that uh, we started discussing the acquisition with ASNT. We had had oh, over 13,000 candidates that took the online training course during the time that the uh, that we were in business, over 13,000 students, uh, several from high schools and uh, quite a few from mm-hmm. some of the junior colleges. So it was uh, just a remarkable run. And the uh, I think we've lost track of the number of, of countries that we've had students from, but Uh, Certainly, uh, I have a list of them someplace, over 20, 25 uh, countries Mm -hmm. that uh, have had students the uh, online training. One of the benefits, of course, is that it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter whether it's day or night. You can take this training. The online training uh, hours are all uh, logged and Mm -hmm. maintained, so have a great record of that. Uh, any time that it might be needed. So it worked out very well. And uh, uh, the five principles of NDT Classroom, Jim Treat and I, and then three terrific guys from uh, Full Circle Studios decided, eh, we're all getting up in years. <laughs> and uh, when ASMT came along and uh, we had discussions about, uh, you know, teaming together some way, uh, it just seemed to make a lot of sense. And so I'm very proud that, uh, again, we uh, were affiliated with ASNT in that way. And I think ASNT is the right place for it. There's going to be a lot more people interested because of the ASNT logo a tremendous uh, reputation. And so uh, I'm very, very happy at this point that the acquisition uh, occurred this month, February of 2023. Yes, it's very recent. Now, if someone signs up for that introduction to NDT course, will they still see you teaching it? For now. You know, uh, 
Jill, since it was the first one, some of the equipment that I demonstrated and everything was, uh, you know, was older than what is out there today. So I think an update with uh, the later equipment and the techniques mm -hmm. is probably going to be in order sometimes. Right. So, uh, but, but it, it's been a, been a great, just a great, uh, run. And, uh, I don't know how our timing is, but I did want to say that, uh, on a, from a personal note, it has been a, just a, a tremendous life. NDT has so many fantastic opportunities. And I can tell you that, uh, when I first started out, I had no idea what the world would offer to me uh, just getting involved with NDT and being uh, passionate about it. I think that makes a big difference. There are people today that will take a job and it's a job, mm -hmm. but uh, there's a lot of people in NDT who are really passionate. They, uh, uh, they've made it their life, uh, you know, their life objectives. And it has had afforded me so many tremendous opportunities. I think the biggest uh, opportunity that I saw was in the training, teaching people how to do the different methods right and uh, being ethical about what their job is. Mm -hmm. uh, at this time in our history, there's a lot of... Uh, the ethics are sometimes missing, but I think with uh, NDT, you know, we want to do it right. It's got to be right. And uh, I think there's tremendous opportunities. In my lifetime of NDT, it's given me uh, travel. I can't even begin. I've gone, Oh, I've lost track of the time. I used to keep track of the countries I went to, and I stopped when I got to 25. Wow. In the most of the United States. And uh, during president, when I was president, I went and visited and talked at 32 of the ASNT sections. And it just gave me a tremendous opportunity to meet members and people interested in NDT. I've ended up with some tremendous... And I'm saying this because I think these opportunities are out there mm -hmm. for anybody that wants to go after them. I ended up with some tremendous uh, consulting projects that took me around the world. Uh, I now uh, have participated in over 25 legal actions as, uh, as an expert witness. I've done some uh, pretty heavy consulting for the U.S. government. And uh, some of the projects, oh, my gosh, I think I could write another book. <laughs> and by the way, that was the other thing that I, I wanted to mention. <laughs> I don't, uh, back in the uh, late 1990s, McGraw-Hill came to me and asked me if I would write a handbook, author a handbook on non-destructive testing. I did. First edition came out in 2001, and it was uh, titled... Uh, Handbook of Non-Destructive Evaluation. Not my idea, but that's what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And of course, K. 
came up with the second edition and the third edition was just uh, just a couple of years ago but that was another opportunity that i would have never had if i wouldn't have really gotten in, in deeply involved with non-destructive testing uh i guess well, i mentioned the expert witness the first expert witness project i ever had was on the alaska pipeline i think uh, a lot of people were involved with the uh, legal actions involving the Alaska pipeline, but I, I could write a book about that. I've been to Hawaii for a court case. I gave testimony, uh, major project, on Johnston Atoll, they call it JCADS. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going on here. <laughs> no, what was JCADS? Uh, that was a little island, oh, they called it an island, that was about 800 miles west of Hawaii. And on that atoll, they had built, they had constructed a declassification, I'll put it that way, of um, uh, poisonous gases that were used primarily in the Second World War. These poisonous gases like uh, Agent Orange were stored in these metal casks and they had been there for you know, 50, 60 years stored there. And the concern was that if there was any degradation and this gas, this poison uh, got leaked out, uh, you know, there could be a lot of uh, mm-hmm. lost life. So this plant was built built to decommission. They actually took the canisters, the metal canisters, went through a process where the gas was uh, released and burned up. And uh, unfortunately, some of the radiography that was done uh, was not up to standard, Uh I think is the best way to say it. So I got involved with uh, getting the welds that were not done properly re-radiographed and re-evaluated it ended up uh two different court cases that came about as a result of that the radiographers that were involved originally were actually taking the source cameras with the iridium 192 out to the uh the atoll but they put the source cameras in the overhead compartment on the planes. And that is absolutely a no-no. So that was one of the aspects of the, of the legal action. But it was very, very interesting. I, I guess the one image that I'll never forget was when I got off the plane, had to take the plane from, uh, I think it was Air, I can't remember the name of it, a small little a plane from Hawaii, got off the plane at JCADS, and the first thing I saw were Marines with, with guns. And uh, we were escorted to, uh, the gentleman that went with me was a, a government official. We went and we got checked out and had to get fitted for gas masks. So right away I thought, gas mask, what am I doing here? You know, this led to uh, other 
legal actions and actually there's a trial in Hawaii. As I mentioned, there was like over 25 countries or so that some of the projects were interesting. Uh, I had to uh, settle a dispute between an Italian shipyard and the American Bureau of Shipping. So I had to go to Italy for that. And uh, I know that they've changed things and they have improved a lot, but some of the welds that <laughs> were radiographed were, were very, very poor. Mm. And uh, most of these ended up with some kind of uh, legal action. A lot of it settled out of court, you know, usually becomes a matter of who gets what amount of money. But uh, the one that I'll never forget was the time when I almost lost my life. <laughs> that would be hard to forget. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to demonstrate. Uh, uh, I, I can't mention the name of the... Uh, the police, the law enforcement organization, because uh, I was told I can't talk about it. But gotcha. in any event, they it was at the time when things were really starting to heat up with packages that contained all oh, different poisons and weapons and so on. Mm. And so uh, this police department uh, bought one of these very small little battery-operated X-ray units and they had some questions about how to develop the techniques and so on. And so I went up to the, I went up from Connecticut up to the location of the uh, police department. And uh, they escorted me to where the small little x-ray unit was. And it was in a, like a wire cage uh room and inside this wire cage was you know weapons of all kinds and so they asked me to demonstrate how to operate this little x-ray unit and they had made up five little boxes all sealed and asked me to take a radiograph of each box and uh, actually using polaroid film pack for it and uh, the first x-ray that I took of the first box, there was uh, a hand grenade inside and it was packaged in the straw material to keep it, you know, inside the box. And the second one, the second box was a, uh, uh, some plastic explosives and there were wires. I can still see the wires coming from it. Plastic was not real easy to see because it was rather low in density. Mm-hmm. And the third one was, uh, the third box was a gun, a 38 uh, special, police special. In, again, packaged inside of this box with all the straw packing around it. And the, uh, let me see, there was one other item. But the last box was empty. There was nothing in it at all. So I, actually set up techniques to show how you could take x-rays of each one of these boxes with the different devices inside. And so I was showing the technique to uh, the the police. Well, he was actually a, a, a lieutenant. I was showing them, you know, the, 
and how to, uh, you know, how to use the interpretation part of it. And the sergeant who had been working with him had take, taken the gun out of the box and he was cleaning it off. Oh. And while he was cleaning it off, it discharged. Oh my gosh. The gun fired and it was, I think a 38, I don't remember what caliber, but it was a regular police uh, gun. And it hit the, 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 the book that I had in my hand, I was showing the technique to, it actually hit the book. You're kidding. Oh That's my gosh. That's how close the bullet came. Wow. And you know, <laughs> I'll never forget the, the, the reaction. You've, I, I could still sense the pressure of that bullet passing by so close. And it hit a concrete wall, the concrete spattered, it broke some fluorescent lamps, lights overhead, and uh, it's a deafening sound. I uh, almost thought I was dead for a moment. Oh my uh, gosh. That's one project <laughs> that I'll never forget, but it's not close. And I actually uh, demonstrated uh, with the book, and you can see the black area on the page where. Uh, the bullet hit. Oh my so gosh! That, that was one of the uh, that was one of the more unpleasant projects that I've been involved with. But, yeah, I would uh, say that one wasn't a good memory. <laughs> it was not good, but uh, you know, just in closing, you know, I mentioned how fortunate I've been to be able to have such wonderful experiences wonderful men and women that I've met over the years in the different uh, uh, aspects of the projects. All the students that went through the Thames Valley State Technical College for the 15 years that I taught there. I even had a, a, a tremendous opportunity to do level three refresher courses over in Japan. I think mm. I went over nine or 10 years in a row. And that was a grand, uh, wonderful experience. The students over there, oh my gosh, I was treated like, uh, like royalty. When I walked into the classroom, all the students would stand and bow. And oh, they're so mannerly. <laughs> and I often mentioned this to students in the U.S. and say, you know, they bowed and very mannerly, and I've never got that kind of treatment in a class I was teaching in the U.S. <laughs> but it was uh, just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity to did some. Uh, I, I I have to share this one with you. Mm -hmm. I was called on by the Federal Highway Administration to uh, participate in some bridge engineering workshops that they were conducting around the country and different states. And it was great. It was like a three-day course and all the uh, DOT people would come and bridge engineers. The one that I'll never forget was the one that I did in Virginia. I had just gotten off the plane and I was late. In my uh, time in ASNT, I made tremendous friendship with Bill Vaya. Now, Bill mm -hmm. Vaya, uh, just you couldn't help but love this man. 
he was so dedicated and his, his attitude, he was always, you know, such a positive attitude and laughing and joking all the time. Well, one time he gave me this little um, alarm clock, little battery operated alarm clock, because he knew I traveled a lot. And it was interesting because, you know, I was from the north, he was from the south in Virginia. And the alarm when it went off would play the tune Dixie. And I got to that uh, auditorium uh, a little late because I just uh, the plane was late. Mm-hmm. When I got in, I had my suitcase with me and I put it behind the curtain up on the platform where we were speaking from. And while I was speaking, the alarm went off. <laughs> and everybody in the facility, in the auditorium could hear Dixie. And I had to tell Bill about that. And he just laughed so much. But it was... <laughs> It was great being able to to, to uh, introduce so many people to uh, this wonderful, and of course I always talked about ASNT every place I went. I did the uh, short courses for NDTMA, for ASME. I was called on to do some Section Five courses, and one of the really interesting one. I think for four years and maybe every other year, I did a. Uh, lecture it was actually a keynote address at the middle east ndt conference over in uh, let's see where was it now it was in a couple of different places but in the middle east and again always treated so so fine and uh, met so many great people and the consulting projects i could write a book about that mm-hmm. i really enjoyed the time um, I've uh, had uh, a lot of different papers and articles published. And now it's time to slow down. <laughs> I would say you've had enough going on in your career for probably two or three careers there. <laughs> Who would have thought back in the day when you first started your own uh, company, the first company in DT engineering, that you would ever get to the point where you had taught you know, over 13,000 students. Just online, 13,000. Yeah. And more. And so, yeah, no, it's been a great run. And now I just hope that uh, there's some younger folks out there that will be uh, touched with, uh, with some of the experiences and they'll be motivated to uh, really develop their own career in NDT. It's it's just amazing the benefits that you get. Uh, You think that you're doing good by teaching people, but I've never taught a class that I haven't learned something myself. And it's uh, just been a a wonderful, wonderful life. And uh, it doesn't mean I'm leaving this earth right now, but I want to be around for a while uh, more. But I just hope that uh, uh, some folks will be turned on to this and hopefully yes. uh, really get involved with NDT and ASNT. So what advice would you leave with maybe someone who's just starting out in NDT or who was very early in their career with NDT 
Um, do you have any advice that you would give them? Two things. Join ASNT <laughs> and, uh, and uh, get the training. Get the training uh, and be dedicated in the, the work that they do. There's, there have been over the years uh, some people that have gotten involved and uh, this career is not for someone that wants to take shortcuts. We have codes that we have to follow and procedures and uh, in order to do it right. So they're the two, uh, two major suggestions is to get the training and, and um, you know, in addition to being uh, honest and, and uh, ethical and, and your, whatever you do and then get involved with ASNT. That's one thing for sure that, that, that was a major impact on, on my career. Yes. Well, I know that ASNT is very excited to acquire the NDT classroom and continue to build on that legacy. And I know one of the things that is happening are, are a couple scholarships um, in your name and Jim Treat's name that will be established um, from some of the, the, the sale of NDT classroom, the transfer of NDT classroom to ASNT. So that will be exciting. And hopefully we'll still see you around at, at some of the conferences, uh, maybe when these scholarships will be presented. It would be great. I would like to do that. And I thought on, on the part of ASNT to do this was very, very um, uh, humbling to, to say that uh, they're going to, continue to help move the careers along through training. Uh, I, I'll always be appreciative of that. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Chuck, for joining us today and sharing some of your stories. We really appreciate you being here today. Well, I do too. Uh, appreciate the opportunity and uh, I hope that uh, this will touch some folks get them involved, help them to do things good in NDT, the world of NDT. Thank you for listening to Chat NDT with ASNT. For more information about our organization, please visit our website at asnt.org. You can also connect with us on social media at ASNT Info on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Chat NDT with ASNT is copyrighted by the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. ASNT, creating a safer world.